Today on episode 45 of the Home of Play podcast, Sony gives us a sneak peek of upcoming PS5 exclusives, Star Wars games are getting rebranded, Hogwarts Legacy gets delayed, and Steve gets a little depressed. All that and more. So depressed, let's get some intro. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome back to the Home of Play podcast, episode 45. Where every Monday, the three best friends join forces to give you all the latest in PlayStation rumors, news, reviews, and that is because we are the true PlayStation fans. I'm your host, Steve, and with me, I'm joined by the king of platinum trophies himself, Christopher. Hello, hello. With Christopher, we also have the 60 frames of Curtis. Hello. The Home of Play podcast is a self-supported podcast. We don't include any of that bias or paid for opinion stuff you don't need here because of this. That allows us to bring you the PlayStation news that you need or want to know. All of our content is free for you to enjoy at your leisure. We only ask that you help support the show by visiting our YouTube channel, which can be found by searching The Home of Play Podcast. Once there, feel free to hit the subscribe button, maybe even give us a like on the video should the spirit move you winky wink face. If you already hear in our beautiful voices through the magic of our YouTube channel, then guess what? We are a podcast. And that means you can find us on all your favorite podcast services of choice, such as Spotify, Apple, or Amazon. Every month we are growing, it's all because you lovely gaming homies helping to spread the cause through the power of word of mouth. If you have any comments, questions, or complaints, we want to hear from you. Please leave any of those on our YouTube videos, and then we can read your questions on the show or alone in private while we discuss the freedom that is Star Wars games. On today's episode, we have nine news articles to discuss, but first, as always, let us begin with what we've been up to this last week, starting with Christopher. Uh, honestly, this week's been a quiet week. Uh, just been watching a lot of Netflix and TV. Uh, didn't play too much. I think on the weekend I did more Assassin's Creed, but not much more. Other than that, I honestly, I don't even know if I played anything really that much. Maybe a little bit of Among Us. Uh, mm. yesterday I played one of the Jackbox party pack games, um, over Discord. Like someone streamed it on Discord. That, that was kind of fun. Uh, but it's tough when you're playing with people that you don't really know that well. So <laughs> it's like oh, yeah. you get personal questions and it's like, I don't know these people. I'm like, this person's name is Doug. I just met him today. <laughs> he seems okay. <laughs> so, uh, I am now close with Doug. <laughs> <laughs> uh, other than that, uh, on PC, I played a little bit more of Other Side, but that one's slow going now um, just because it's really easy right now because I'm on my second run. I, you can jump ahead and fight the bosses quickly, but I'm like, well, I might as well grind for the, the XP and shit. So, uh, and then playing a, like a, I think a game I mentioned before, For the King. I got two other groups of people that have started playing that. It's really fun, kind of. It's almost like a tabletop game, sort of, but the combat is like turn based. It's really good. I enjoy it quite a bit. So, that's pretty much it for my week. It's been pretty quiet. Nice. Curtis, can we hear about your week, Curtis? I went back and dabbled a little bit in Assassin's Creed Valhalla again, just because I was cutting that off to try to play some cyberpunk, but I want to try to get back into that because I remembered how much I liked it, and I'm getting kind of bored of cyberpunk. So there was a little bit of that going on. Honestly, that's about it. There hasn't really been that much. I did remember one thing, actually, though. Uh, I tried out the free game, some of the free games that came out this month. That Manhunter, that shark game. Maneater. Oh, Maneater, yeah. It's it's very, like, kind of arcade in my opinion. It's okay. Oh, very much so. 
like I don't know. I honestly don't know if I'll even play it, but it, it's pretty arcadey. Uh, and then I tried Greedfall. In all honesty, I kind of like it, but the controls I find are shit. Like the walking around in third person, it just mm. feels, I don't know, janky as because it's just. I've never it. You move the analog stick, and your character kind of almost does that like old style where it's like you let go of the stick, but your character sort of like slides a little bit. It's I don't know. It's just the if it wasn't just the controls, I the game I think would be pretty interesting, but the controls are really screwing with me. I'm like, this is pulling me out of the game because I I just don't want to play this because the controls are like it's there's nothing like the gameplay controls are fine. It's just literally the movement. It just doesn't mm-hmm. feel right. Not floaty, but. Uh, can't quite think of the word for it. Shit. Yeah, they're just not good. What have you been up to, Steve? Uh, <laughs> you just opened up Pandora's box. Um, okay, so you're kind of... Maybe both of you would be surprised. But uh, I'll start with the non-surprise. Uh, I also tried Maneater. Um, and I agree. Everything you said, I agree with it. Uh, it's very arcadey. I, I th- you know what? I was surprisingly... Uh, taken back how good it looked uh, when you first start up the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, once you finish the intro, it, it goes to like a bland and boring aesthetic. But uh, the first part was prettier than I would have expected for you know a, a game that kind of just slid like in, in my the peripheral. in the sewer part. It looked kind of good, but when you as soon as you got out of the sewer, it was like yeah okay. Well, when okay in the first part where you're let's say your mama shark, I, I thought it looked pretty good that whole time. Yeah, 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 that part. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then you yeah you start over and it's not great. Um, so yeah, I played that, and then yeah, it's been, I'll just shout everything you're saying. Um, I the further I got, the more I didn't like it. You know, you start off small again. You, you don't have half your abilities, so then I I just felt like everything could kill me very easily. Uh, the progression super slow. You know, like one of the first things to progress would be <clears throat> like getting older, and it just it seemed like it took forever. So I wasn't enjoying that. And then it gets arcade. And then when you get into like the real battles, I just, maybe I needed to give it more time, but it just was really annoying trying to keep locked on someone, but then like try not to like hit the surface. Cause I want to stay in the water. Uh, but you're trying to turn at the same time. And I just felt like it was at odds with the itself control wise. So yeah, I didn't really enjoy that either. I, I don't think I'm going back. I did more looking at uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider on my console, but I just couldn't bring myself to press play. Um, and then here's the one that you guys aren't going to believe, but probably wished you didn't hear it anyway. But I started up Final Fantasy VII Remake again. <laughs> and I just, you know, honestly, like I keep hearing how much people love this game. You know, some places are giving a game of the year or at least runner up or something like that. So I'm like, I, I had this feeling I'm like, is there something wrong with me? Like, did I miss something? Like, I don't understand. So yeah, I started up again and I'm like, nope, nope, I'm good. <laughs> like, but yeah, that was about all I played this week. Uh, didn't have as much time as I wished, but uh, I'm still planning on going back to Persona 5. I think that's my next thing. I think, you know, I retried Final Fantasy 7. It's not the RPG I want it to be, so... Screw it, let's go to an RPG I do like. Okay, everybody ready for some news? Okay, we're going to article number one. This one comes from <laughs> Mobile Syrup. Sony reveals release months for several PlayStation 5 exclusives. So during the Sony CES 2021 uh, keynote PlayStation boss, Jim Ryan, uh, 
did a brief talk, but the main thing that we want to focus on is he actually gave us some potential release dates for some PS5 exclusive games. So we should go through that list. So uh, they here's a brief list. Uh, Returnal. Uh, it's, uh, that one actually has a specific date. Yeah. Uh, so that's March 19th, 2021. Um, soon that's pretty soon right that's coming mm-hmm. up we got Pragmata, which now we found out it's getting booted down to 2023 that's pretty far so it's it's yeah. one of those ones where it's like you're don't even tell me about it until it's like <laughs> at least a year away i mean we can't really talk unless it's a square game about don't talk about it or cyberpunk <laughs> true uh solar ash that one is june 2021 don't recall what that one is off the top of my head. I remember the name, but I don't remember what it's about. I believe it was like an indie type game, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Uh, Kina or Kenna, Bridge of Spirits. Uh, that one's going to be true exclusive. That one's on March 2021. Uh, I think there's some people excited for that one. I mean, you know what? It the looks more decent. I've seen it and like getting over, like, I typically don't love like. That kind of like cartoony style, look, yeah. but um, I don't know. I I I am interested in this one. I think I'm going to actually give it a try. I, I mean, we're losing so many games that I was looking forward to in 2021 that I need to find new ones. Right. Uh, we have a uh, stray. That one's going to be in October 2021. Um, which that one is the one that follows a cat in kind of a cyberpunk world, I guess. They didn't show too much about cyberpunk as much as it's more like a robot dystopian future or something. Oh, it like could that. be. Yeah, I, I I just assumed it was cyberpunk style. So, but pr- probably similar to what you're saying. Well, the trailer didn't seem to have any humans. Nah, uh, that's true. It just seemed to be robots. Uh, we have Ghostwire Tokyo. Uh, that one's a timed exclusive. That one's also October uh, this year. Also recognized by the title Neon Naruto. And I'm like, what? What is going on in this trailer? <laughs> oh, with the hands. Yeah, I call <laughs> took it. Took me a second. Naruto. Took me a second to get what you're talking about. Yeah, I slide it in there real sneaky, like sneaky, like. Uh, one that people I think are excited for is the exclusive uh, Project Athia. That one's January 2022. That's still a year away. I have a feeling that one will get pushed, but yeah. Putting Absolutely. it as January, it's like January. Yeah, it's gonna get pushed. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, not a lot comes out in January. Uh, and then we have Hitman Three, which is also another January 2021. This is another one I want to talk about. I actually think I'm going to pick that up this month. Did you play both of the other ones? Uh, okay. So I play. <laughs> this is the strangest story. I got that first one. Yeah. Um, and then I didn't get a lot through it. And then I got Hitman 2 on the PC. And then Hitman 2 came with Hitman 1, all of its episodes. So I ended up just playing Hitman 1 on Hitman 2, and I never touched Hitman 2. <laughs> nice. You also missed Little Devil Inside coming July 2021. Yeah, I was going to uh, leave that one last because it's not really, it's cross platform. So. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. But yeah, yeah, Little Devil Inside, that's July 2021. So I don't remember that one off the top of my head. There's some odd ones, though, that aren't on the list, which is like Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart, um, potentially God of War, but I think that one will probably be a much bigger announcement. Um, I also think that means God of War is 
getting pushed and they just don't want to talk that it's getting yeah. pushed to 2022 yet. Uh, Horizon, Gran Turismo. Mm-hmm. These are other ones that aren't on the list that is kind of surprising. Um, yeah. And Final Fantasy 16 wasn't talked about. Yeah. Yeah. Although I don't know. Has it, that was that one for sure confirmed that it was exclusive? Yes. Was it? Okay. Yeah. And it's just odd because like, well, not that Square ever said anything, but there was a lot of articles after its reveal that talked about how everyone's going to be surprised how quick this thing comes out because, you know, it's been worked on for a long time in secret, yada, yada, yada. And then here we are. And I'm like, no, nah, I guarantee you this game either makes it. It's definitely Q3, Q4, if not delayed until like the next year. Yeah. So that's pretty much the list we got. Um, is there any on that list that you guys are excited for? Uh, Kina, I think I'm going to take a look at. Uh, Project Athia, I am interested in. I, you know, I need to see more before I know what I'm excited for. I uh, don't really think the other ones talk to me that much. I would like to know more about Pragmata too before I yeah. freak out about its 2023 release date. Um, but yeah, this list isn't specifically for me you know a lot of it's indie darlings that i'm just not i'm not a fan of indie games that much it usually doesn't speak to me but uh the ones that we mentioned that weren't mentioned are probably all ones that i would get (laughs) so yeah um hitman is good i mean but i i feel like we all kind of knew that already it's just weird that they even touched on it yeah i think i'm the same as you both uh kenna or whatever kina and project athia Uh, the only other one for me is i think ghostwire tokyo i'm i just have a little bit more hope for that one I don't know why. There's no reason for it, but it just seems... I'm hoping oh, it's going to be unique. I didn't even realize it was timed exclusive. Yeah. How, how about yourself, Curtis? Anything on that list to strike a fancy? No. Basically all the ones that haven't been mentioned yet. So that's pretty much our list. Guess what that means. Number two. Okay, this one comes from Game Informer. CD Projekt Red could face a hefty fine pending Polish Cyberpunk 2077 investigation. Okay, so we just found out this week that Poland's Office of Competition and Consumer Protection is investigating the studio. An investigation that could lead to a hefty fine for the company should the future of 2077 updates fail to address the majority of concerns. Pending the investigation, CDPR stands to lose 10% of its annual income due to a fine. That's not factoring the amount of returns seen across all platforms and the pending civil suits that are currently in progress. Polish representative that I won't name due to butchering his name recently spoke with a Polish business newspaper to outline the current situation. In quotes, we will check how the manufacturer is working on the introduction of amendments or solution to difficulties preventing the game to work on different consoles but also how it intends to act in relation to the persons who filed complaints and are dissatisfied with their purchase due to the inability to play games on owned equipment, despite previous assurances that it would. Okay, boys, what are your thoughts on an investigation on CD Projekt Red? I think, yeah, obviously, if someone's filing this, I mean, yeah, it needs to be looked into. There's definitely like major issues on the consoles. We all see it as the consumers. We've talked about this before. And uh, there's an article that we're going to talk about right after this that'll get a little bit more into what's going on. But um, yeah, this is, it needs to be looked into. Um, the board of directors made a horrible call 
The game should have been pushed to March. The game is pretty well unplayable on past-gen consoles. Um, yeah, I mean, it seems justified to me. It kind of seems, I guess, maybe more as a prerequisite. If they're going to actually start working on the patches, this is kind of just to put in place to make sure that they're actually going to do it. So that's kind of the only thing that makes sense to me because mm -hmm. they've, they've only just started working on it. So I guess it kind of makes sense that, okay, you know the eyes are on you. Maybe you should do something because now, otherwise, you're going to get a big fine. Like, that's the only thing that I could really take from this because it, yeah. it's only been a month. Granted, not a hell of a lot has been fixed yet, but they've already said that January there's going to be a patch. February there's going to be a big patch. Like, maybe if they didn't get those two big patches out and the, uh, the, the, sorry, the previous gen consoles aren't working very well or, you know, not seeing any sort of significant increase, then I could understand. But to me, it's, yeah, just something to kind of put in place as a prerequisite to make sure that they're actually going to follow what they promise. For sure. And that kind of leads us into number three. So we basically have a Twitter post by Marcin Owinski. If I murdered that, I am going to apologize just right now. And he came out with a five-minute video talking about how he takes responsibility as a co-founder and part of the board of members that made all the decisions to push out an unfinished product. And he put his version of an apology video. Uh, and I, I mean, I'm, maybe I'm just jumping into this real quick, but I just want to say that it started out as an apology and ended as a blatant turnaround to blame it on Q&A. I don't know what you guys have. Both of you guys have watched it. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if it was a him blaming QA like it. I mean, come on. You, you turn the game on on one of the previous gen consoles. You would know that it wasn't working properly. So, I mean, unless their Q&A was literally sleeping on the job. But um, I, I took this apology as I mean, it's nice to see a lot of other companies wouldn't have said anything. They would have just kept on going or did their PR speech, which there is a little bit of PR in this for sure. But I, I thought it was good. He didn't, he said, don't blame the, de the developers themselves there. And obviously not. They're great people for sure. Um, I, I'm, I'm just happy they did it. They're acknowledging they screwed up majorly. Now we just want to see the results. Let's, let's, let's see some action. Let's, let's get this shit fixed. I don't really find it to be like, throwing QA under the bus because it you have to think about it even a bunch of other games they come out they've been through months of testing mm -hmm. and the game comes out and you still find problems like there's no way that they can find every problem granted like you're saying there's a lot of things that were evident right from boot up like textures popping characters disappearing and appearing like stuff like that really shouldn't exist mm -hmm. but I don't I, I really don't think that you can say that, yeah, he's throwing QA under the bus, but at least it's, unlike other games, other games also haven't taken as big of a shit beating as these guys have, so it kind of makes sense that they have to come out and acknowledge something and mm -hmm. admit some sort of a failure, but at least they did, at least he did admit, if you watch the video, that he, and I'm pretty sure the board knew yeah. But him for sure mentioned that at least they knew there were problems with the last gen, but 
why yeah. they still pushed to why they still wanted to get it out doesn't make sense. It sounded like they had a lot of hope that the zero patch uh, was going to fix everything magically somehow, and yeah. it, they they put all their bets on it, and it was the wrong call. It should have just been delayed, honestly. But again, yeah. you won't. You'd never know until if the game is out. At least you have an idea of what's wrong. But mm-hmm. I guess they weren't expecting so much to be wrong and not being able to fix everything and the the backlash coming so fast which again you're going to charge people 80 dollars for a game of course there's going to be backlash bit more than they can chew this is the part i was looking for every change and improvement needed to be tested and as it turned out our testing did not show a big part of the issues this is the kind of where i'm referring where he's starting like you know halfway through the video the first half seems to be him taking responsibility or him and the team um and then the second half he just starts sending blame not like huge he's not straight out calling them yeah, out it's not huge. but he's just saying like our testing did not show big part of the issues you gotta be shitting me you got it's curtis said it himself you turn this game on and right away it's apparent mm-hmm. you know especially like the other thing too is like what i have to keep reminding all three of us sometimes is like we all played a better version than most people it's true if curtis played the best version me and you, Chris, played like I would say second or third best version. If you want to argue semantics with uh, the Xbox Series X, um, and then the rest of the people had who had base or even pro crippled versions. Those people, yeah, you're going into places and things aren't loading. Like textures aren't loading for 20 seconds. Uh, more crashes than even me and you. And I, I think our crashes were unacceptable. Personally, mm-hmm. not to mention what a base game guy was experiencing. Uh, just like all that kind of stuff and, he, and he's right away going like oh you know testing didn't show it you know it's it's him kind of coming back and be like yeah we made these decisions and they weren't good decisions but we didn't know and it's you know that phrasing again where they're, they're trying to get off easy and be like oh you know we just we didn't see it we we didn't see it and it's like you definitely did it, it there's all no depends way on you your didn't testing environment though like you there's no guarantee that every little bug and glitch will show every place that you are it might depend on maybe it's pulling too many resources that the console can't handle. That's why there's graphical glitches. You might have things where maybe they're in a small area that isn't using as many resources, so you don't have those things coming up. Like you, you have no idea what the testing environment was, what they were trying to, what what bugs they were fixing that these other things weren't evident. Mm-hmm. I think he was just trying to outline some reasoning as to how it fell it fell apart. I mean he. The, he takes. He says at the beginning, it's it's him, and it was the board's final decision. Regardless, he said why that he thought it wasn't going to be an issue. Well, this is but they that, were wrong. again. I'm not disagreeing yeah, with you. Yeah, no, I'm I know. saying that he did say that, and then the second half of the video is him now coming up with his excuses why he made those decisions. And I just think I'm just calling bullshit. Whether Curtis or I am correct, I just think. It, it doesn't matter situations or Q&A here, Q&A there. Start the game. Did it just crash in the first 30 seconds? Well, boom, there you go. You got a problem. Yeah. You still release the game with that. So I don't care what the situation is, how you tested, where you tested it. The game's crashing everywhere. I think the, 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 the textures aren't loading everywhere. I think the um, bullshit part about it is that he, he, I think he's full of shit about the part where it's like, we knew it was going to just work. You know, like you knew yeah. there was freaking issues when you guys released this thing. Don't tell me that it was like, Oh my God, people are sending us all these complaints. They knew it wasn't working properly. They were just hoping and praying that it would get by. 
And, yeah, and you're right. And because they have used that terminology before, and I think that's why this irks me so much, is they have said this before. Oh, we just didn't know. We, we didn't know. Yeah. How is it that you don't know? Like, it, your developers knew. Like, from the quotes that we've gotten, if they're true or not, I guess that's a different argument. But, like, they straight up were pissed because they told you it was not going to be ready. Mm-hmm. Maybe if they were actually working in the office where it was easy to communicate between each other, then maybe. But having to work from home, dealing with emails that might not have been answered right away, that probably had a big reason as to why it didn't get done on time. Oh, I'm sure I heard it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Somebody's patching a problem that could already be, like, that they already know about, but then the QA people are playing an older version still, and they're running into that problem. So, yeah, it's hard. I mean, communication definitely hurts, which she does talk about COVID briefly, too which obviously is affecting everybody, so. It's affecting them, but, like, there's still communication. Like, l- let's not pretend that other games haven't come out in the same span. Yeah. Right? You know, I just think, I don't know, it just seems really a bad phrasing yet again. I feel like one of the worst situations they keep running across is their own mouth. Mm. And they just keep fumbling the message, tripping over it, and it's just... It just seems weird to me. Like, I I don't totally disagree with the whole COVID thing. I'm not saying that didn't make it harder. Um, but it's just like, really, like, you're just going to, again, more excuses, more this. I'm like, I think for a normal game, like if we were talking about a games of a service, like, let's, you know, let's just take Marvel's Avengers and you have a few glitches here and there. I, I get you know, that could have been issues, but they even go as far to say it's like, oh, we thought the day zero patch would fix this. We can actually go online and I don't know if you guys want to, but you can find other developers that fully come out and say there's no way as a developer that a day one patch would ever fix all these problems. Mm, no. Like and not and not even just all of them, but even like the major ones, like the 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 crashing and the texture things, you know, that a lot of other developers off the scene looked at that and they're like, yeah, there's, there's no way that would have been possible. Like for them to just try to scapegoat and think, Oh, you know, we thought the day zero patch would have fixed it. It's like, did you, or are you just saying that again? Yeah. So I I think that's just my problem with this whole thing. Like we don't have to go on forever about it, but I, my take from this is just more bull crap and uh, it's more scapegoats and looking for excuses and trying to be like, yeah, like I do appreciate that he comes out in front of it and says, it's me and the board. Don't blame my, like the, the, like the developers. And I do appreciate that a lot. Like you don't see that in a lot of bad decisions made throughout any company. It's really hard to ever get anyone to come out in front of it. Um, so I do appreciate that part, but I just, honestly, he should have just cut the other half of the video. And yeah. just said, yeah, we screwed up and we're going to regain your trust. Done video done. Yeah, I was just about to say that word for yeah. word uh, yeah exactly right briefly one other thing that was shown during the video is they released kind of a a roadmap for the year um oh uh, thank you for reminding me unfortunately yes. in the roadmap there's no dates <laughs> um but uh, the we have verbal dates that they've told us so they and and the roadmap talks about the previous patches in 2020 who cares about that um there's the patch 1.1 which they verbally told us is going to be uh, uh, January. He mentions in the video that there's going to be an update within the, the next 10 days, but it's not the big one. It's not 1.1, but that one's supposed to follow right after. Uh, there's 1.2, which is supposed to be in February, uh, but he doesn't mention that in the video. Uh, and then the roadmap has a big mysterious block of multiple updates and improvements where they tack on a tag where it says 
free DLCs, and then the later in the month or later in the year, uh, free next-gen console update, which is ridiculously looking far in the year. If I pull out a ruler and measure it, <laughs> it looks like the free DLCs would be uh, March, April, May, June, maybe, maybe May, and then the next-gen, <laughs> like, I don't know, October, next gen, September. Next-gen has already been confirmed to be in the later, in the second half yeah. of the year. But that's like a yeah, big yeah. You use that terminology, but yeah, I'm I'm with Chris. Like, if you wanted to take out a ruler, that looks a lot like October to me. Yeah, yeah. If if that's even what they're trying to go for, but honestly, that seems like a ridiculous timeline. But whatever. Especially when you had like you already have like the next gen version out for PCs, right? Like mm. the PC version is the next gen version. It looks great, apparently. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, this whole thing's just so weird, man. Like, so basically what they're saying with this roadmap is they should have just delayed it till next year. Yeah, yeah. basically you summed it up. <laughs> Not made it for previous consoles. Probably, yeah, like that, that Honestly, that is there. the biggest one. Like if they would have just stopped and like, if they knew it was that, like they were going that far with it, that it needed to be next gen, then they should have just cut the crap and been like, okay, we're going to sell a few less, but at least we're not going to get sued. <laughs> yeah, like, seriously, it would have been, like, imagine if they didn't have to do the previous-gen consoles. It probably would have saved them so much work, so much time. The, the, oh, the sure. next-gen version would probably be sooner than that magical date on the schedule. Yeah, yeah the crunch would have been so much less. Yeah. It would have been a better experience for all, but I just, you know, and that's another thing they don't touch on in the video. They don't take, you know, responsibility for just finally, you know, being a boss and saying, like, yeah, we need to cut the cut the fat here, like trim it up. Yeah. But nope, now we're going to go into the end of 2021 and this thing's still being worked on. Like Curtis said, why not just delay to that year then? So that's our thoughts. Uh, what are your thoughts? Leave a comment on the bottom of the video. And if you're listening to this on the podcast, then just head over to the YouTube channel like we talked about before and let me know what you think. Am I too hard? Is Curtis too hard? Are we all angry? I don't know. Let's move forward. Number four. This one comes from a Destructoid. Square Enix just trademarked names that sound like Final Fantasy VII Remake developments. A big development is happening behind the scenes that Square Enix has apparently filed trademarks for The First Soldier, Ever Crisis, and the Shinra logo. These were filed mid-December, but as per Gamatsu, were just made public. So Crisis goes on to possibly be a Crisis Core remake that fans have wanted for a past decade. First Soldier sounds like it's a reference to a Sephiroth game, which would be awesome. And then the Shinra logo, I have no idea. It, they, they go on to mention it could be merch uh, for merch or anything like that. Um, you guys interested in any of these? Did any Actually, the first question I should ask, did any of you guys even play Crisis Core? I don't really remember it that much because it was a million years ago, but yeah, I guess I, I don't know. Like, yeah, it could be, maybe they're trying to, maybe that's how they'll make the sequels to Final Fantasy seven, uh, like the next stages different. Maybe they'll do, it won't, maybe it won't be a continuation of that story. Maybe they'll do like a Sephiroth story and they'll kind of weave it in and then maybe a, a Zack story. And then they'll also weave that into the, universe because i'm still in my, in my head i'm still trying to figure out how you're going to carry over your stats your weapons your materia into the next steps of the game i don't know how they're going to do that so maybe how they do that is you tell the story from a totally different person's perspective i don't know so you're going to play insane sephiroth which maybe, i'm okay with it could, don't it get could me be wrong. when he starts out though it could be when he starts out 
So I'm thinking it might be his growth within it has like, to be because becoming a soldier. Yeah, right? yeah, it would make sense. So not OP as as F. I, it might end with him. Oh no, going he's, he's he's still yeah. OP, but he yeah he I guess it would be all the parts before he gets to the uh, the reactor in the mountains behind Nibelheim. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That could be where it ends, which would make sense actually, because right after, like in the Final Fantasy VII game, when you right after you leave uh, the the main town there, you go to that one little village and you do a flashback story, right? So it could be what they're doing. I really hope this ends up being something and not just another mobile game. Uh, that's always my fear of Square Enix. You can never tell which way they're going to go with these things. Yeah. Um. But yeah, if you if you gave me a Sephiroth game right now, oh geez. Like, especially if it's on the PS5, oh, moly, I would be very happy with that. I think they're going to try to stretch this thing out for the next 15, 20 years. Well, it's their cash cow, right? Like, what do you have? You have um, this year. I can't remember all of them, but I believe the the two that come to mind is just Final Fantasy VII Remake and Avengers. And Avengers lost them almost $70 million. So the cash cow is Final Fantasy VII now, right? Yeah. So I totally agree with you. Like, why? It... Be shooting yourself in the foot if you didn't. Yeah. Have your other team working on the next of the sequel series. And then... Well, I'd have the same team continue on part two. Yeah. Of Final Fantasy VII Remake. And then you're right. Have some other teams start working on these. You've got all the assets. Like, you know, we're talking about Zack and Sephiroth. Well, you have all the models even made, yeah. right? Like, they're all good to go. You have a new engine that you uh, are, are getting praise for. Uh, yeah, like just go wild at this point. Yeah, that's I. That could be very well what they do. Uh, maybe yeah. I, I really hope. Pre- I, and prequels. I would. I would try a, a Crisis Core remake for sure. Yeah, it was good from what I vaguely remember. <laughs> I I highly doubt it's going to be a Crisis Core remake. No, no, I don't think you could. It 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 was such a different style type of game back then. I don't think it would be great redoing that exactly. Well, we got to remember what remake means to them, right? It means reimagined. So, yeah, it's true. It doesn't necessarily have to feel like a PSP game, you know? Yeah. So I don't. I I think this is uplifting news. Like again, anything that references uh, Sephiroth, I'm I'm down for right away. Uh, you know, hopes and dreams, right? I think we say that a lot. Speaking about dying dreams, we'll go on to Article Five. Hogwarts Legacy delayed into 2022. This one comes from IGN. In a statement on Twitter, spokesman explained, in quotes, we would like to thank the fans around the world on the tremendous reaction to the announcement of Hogwarts Legacy from our Port Key Games label. Creating the best possible experience for all the Wizarding World and gamer fans is paramount to us, and we are giving the game the time it needs. Hogwarts Legacy will be released in 2022. And as I said, the last two in that sentence, my heart dropped into my butthole. Yeah, it, it sucks. But the just the picture on Twitter there of Ollivander's uh, store, it's just, even just that picture just looks good. That looks good. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, you know what? I'll give them the time. I, I, I'm, I've learned from Cyberpunk. I'm going to give the company as much time as they want. Just give us a complete game that's relatively working. <laughs> a, a that's funny level. that you bring that up because that was going to be my exact example but in the opposite of like 
we let them delay it how many times and we still got crap. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like now I have the opposite thing where I get anxiety when I hear delays because yeah. I'm like, oh no, what's the problem? Are there problems? Do you have multiple problems? Are we going to get a final game because there's so many problems? Do they like, have a good board of directors? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, that's probably the best like thing to ask, honestly. like, Can, can we get a list of these board members? <laughs> like, Can I get a reference check on what they've done in the past? So now that we know nothing more about Harry Potter, just that we can expect it in the next few years, uh, guess what else is coming up in the next few years? Article number six. This one comes from Destructoid. Indiana Jones game in production at Bethesda and Machine Games. And perhaps the biggest surprise announcement since IO Interactive revealed that James Bond titled Project 007, Bethesda has announced that it is currently producing a brand new game based on the world's greatest adventurer and whipcracker, Indiana Jones. As revealed on Twitter, the Indiana Jones project is being developed by Machine Games of Wolfenstein fame, and rather than feature an adaptive, sorry, adaptation of Indy's classic cinema escapades will be based on a completely original storyline. Todd Howard will serve as executive producer on the new title, which will be released under the recently revitalized Lucas film games banner okay i think we were already talking about this before recording but uh are any three of us indiana jones fans not really no yeah i don't know what to think about this uh it's a- is it neat maybe but like i feel like i'm the odd one out here just because i seem to be having an issue with these games lately like i can't get through a tomb raider i didn't even play uncharted 4 even though i love to like you know, they're, they stand out great to me. I just, the whole way they're done and the, the, the recycle repeat, you know, same phases over and over, like solve a puzzle, do a quick time event, then, you know, run over here and traverse this. And then it's a shootout, then back to puzzles. And it just keeps repeating. And I don't know, I just got tired of these games. Uh, so then hearing this, I'm like, yeah, he's kind of like, the inspiration where those games came from but do i care and is it also going to cause a lot of production issues because like are you going to be able to get harrison ford back i know they're saying it's supposed to be like a new story and stuff and maybe they're going to reboot the whole thing so they don't want him but i just feel like everyone's inherently going to think of harrison ford first right yeah i think it's also hard, like you said too it's it's difficult like because it's like we already have nathan drake and laura croft and it's they've or they're kind of already like take major inspiration from this so it's like nah. and honestly i would make the debate that like younger gamers are going to like if you showed them a picture of nathan drake or or laura croft they're all probably going to recognize those two faster than their harrison ford in a movie that came out like 30 years ago it's true so yeah what are your guys' thoughts do you want to play a bethesda game that is based off of this I mean, it's not being developed by Bethesda, so maybe Machine Games, I know, has done a decent job because I've played their Wolfenstein games and they run well, they look nice. I'm just curious if it's because we don't know any details about gameplay, is it going to be first person, third person? I was just about to ask that too. Yeah, like you're right. Like, you know, typically they seem to lean more for first person shooters. So I'm like, how do you do a. Is it going to be like Mirror's Edge? Yeah, with a whip too, right? Yeah, like, it'd be very interesting if that was the case, but I don't know, I would mm. have to really, I'd have to see some some stuff, some gameplay, know some details first, but at the moment, I'm not 
super interested. Yeah, I think it's more neat and like clickbaity than anything for me where I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then, you know, then I cry about Harry Potter more. My interest level is nothing. I have no interest. I'd rather just play another sequel to Uncharted or Tomb Raider. I don't even really want to play those either, but I would. So, Yeah, I just, I don't know how it's going to happen. Like, we know Bethesda recently being bought by Microsoft, but I feel like this deal was probably discussed like pretty good at length before that deal was made as well with that, like Microsoft. So then I'm like, you know, did they discuss this first as like a third party game and that it was supposed to come to everything? Kind of going back to when they first talked about Microsoft buying Bethesda, the big question was, is everything going to be exclusive to Xbox and Windows? And yeah. I'm pretty sure they were saying because Bethesda was kind of fighting it saying that uh, it would be nice maybe if Xbox got first, like if it was maybe a timed exclusive, but I don't think they'd want to lose that PlayStation audience. Yeah, I kind of feel like I want to say that Bethesda wants it to go like, and like I assume any developer, they want to go everywhere it can, right? Um, You want your baby in the hands of multiple people to be enjoyed, or at least that's my assumption. But you're right, with the Microsoft thing, are they going to be like, nope, this is our Uncharted, like, we're going to keep this in-home, and this is how we compete now. Especially with your new next-gen consoles being so similar architecture-wise, it wouldn't be hard to develop for the other console. It's not like Xbox 360 versus PS3, which was, like, completely different. So, they're already halfway there by already having it developed for one pro- uh, platform, sorry. Yeah, exactly. No, I agree with you guys. Um, or it's mainly Curtis. I, I think it's, to me, it's most likely going to be exclusive. I just think they really need some first party games and wants to stand out. So if they feel like this is a banger, I, I could see them definitely being like, you know what, maybe we need to keep this or at very least, uh, like you said, timed exclusive. Okay, now we're moving on to the big, big, Big news, in my opinion. Article number seven from IGN. Star Wars games to be branded under Lucasfilm Games banner. Uh, Star Wars games will now be brought together under a single banner Lucasfilm Games. Announced Tuesday, sorry, announced today on StarWars.com. The company revealed that Lucasfilm Games is now the official identity for all gaming titles from Lucasfilm a name that encompasses the company's rich catalog of video games and its eye toward the future. I um, uh, don't have a big opinion on this one, no. though I, I think with the news that we'll get into, this means a lot more to me. Yeah. I mean, it's similar to like the Sony branding, rebranding. Yeah. Oh, no, for sure. Xbox Game Studios, Sony, uh, PlayStation Studios. It's definitely all kind of like working towards the same thing of like, hey, like you're going to recognize this name. So when you like one game, you're most likely going to pay attention to the, like the other yep. one. It's good for marketing. Exactly. So we won't touch too much on that one. Uh, I just want to bring that first before we go into the bigger one, which I think is article number eight, open world Star Wars game in development at Ubisoft. This one also came from IGN. Ubisoft is working on a story-driven open world Star Wars game with Lucasfilm Games. The division developer Ubisoft Massive will develop the new game. According to Ubisoft CEO Yves Gaumont, it marks the start of a long-term collaboration with Disney. 
No other gameplay details have been announced and Massive is actively recruiting for the project. The game will utilize the Snowdrop engine used for the studio's Division games. The Division 2 director, Jillian Grady, uh, if I murdered that, I apologize again, will direct this project too. No indication has been given to whether Massive's Star Wars game would be single or multiplayer, what part of Star Wars timeline it would take part in, or when it might be released. Boys, this is huge. This isn't just that this game exists. It's finally, finally EA losing exclusivity with Star it Wars. It got games. away. It broke free of the chains. Oh my God. I, I just, you know, I'm not the biggest, like, massive Star Wars fan. I enjoy and appreciate a lot of them. And I love a few things here and there. Like, Jedi Fallen Order was decent. Like, it wasn't the best game of the year for me, but it was a good game. Um, but like, I just feel like this opens it up to have more opportunities of making great games. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing tons of people just spamming remake or do another Knights of the old Republic. <laughs> well, I, I remember, and I don't know if it still has any truth to it, but I do remember the rumors of like a KOTOR remake, you know, does this open it up to like finally giving it to someone else, you know, mm -hmm. I don't know, but holy moly, am I excited. I, I'm not even excited for this. The only thing that worries me is I'm not a Division fan. Mm. Uh, I just, the first one is okay. I didn't even bother. I don't think I ever played the second one. But, like, the engine's not great. It's not the you worst. Know, uh, it's not great. It's somewhere in the middle. It's definitely not their best. And, like, so that's my worry is you're talking about making a next-gen game with, like, that engine worries me. And then... Does that also mean that this open world game is somehow going to be games of a service like, mm -hmm. which also would kind of worry me? The division games were okay. Like they both started off kind of rough, not as rough as some of the current games we have now. They started off rough, but they eventually got there, you know, like they're like, hey, this is actually pretty decent at this point. It just took a little while to get there. So hopefully they'll just take the time to make sure Star Wars is at that level before throwing it out there so yeah and like curtis i don't know do you play too many star wars games not many like i haven't played knights of the old republic i did i really did like fallen order and i'm actually i'm kind of concerned about this because yes it was a it was an ea subsidiary but respawn really did a good job in my opinion on that and looking at ubisoft i don't want to say that they don't do a great job but yeah, like, I'm not a fan of their engines. I don't think that this stuff looks quite as good. I don't think this so, means, though, that they're going to take it away from Respawn. I don't, I don't think no, that... Yeah. No. Like, no, I, I, I definitely think, think we're going to see um, Fallen Order 2 from them. Yeah. Yeah, like, I'm pretty sure they still have... They'll still be able to make something, but this is just a new story-driven game. Yeah. Um, it might not tie anything into that. It might not tie into anything. It might be completely something different. I'm just scared that it's Ubisoft. Well, the well, the were the Kotar games. I can't remember now, but were they like tied into like the actual? I mean, they're obviously everything's tied into the lore, but were they actually tied into the movies or the shows in any way? Like the characters? No, I believe they were more related to the books because you know they had um oh was it Raven or Craven? I can't remember the guy's Darth name, Revan. but like thank you. Uh, like he, I think he's was in the old books uh, or something. Okay. And so, yeah, like this was like, I believe KOTOR was quite a ways like 
a, pr- a super prequel to like the the trilogy or whatever. That's the nice thing about Star Wars is they somehow keep everything relatively connected, right? Which is kind of nice. I like that. Yeah, well, the like so it's weird when Disney uh, acquired it, they suddenly were like. The books aren't canon. Nothing's canon anymore unless we say it's canon. But now that they have control, you're right. Everything, like the games are apparently canonical. Um, Comics are. All the new books are. So yeah, like now that they kind of have this like, I don't know, main base hub that they can kind of go through all this. Okay, no, you can't do that because this and blah, blah, blah. And you're right. Then it now like looks kind of amazing when you, you know, look from it from afar and like, oh, this all connects and means something, right? Like even uh mandalorian season two like just so many cool things in there Mm -hmm. uh but yeah going back more to the game stuff like i agree with curtis i'm a little worried because it is ubisoft but if anyone's going to do an open world game like what does ubisoft do right yeah um i i do think yeah the graphics a little concern me but maybe with being next gen they're going to do a lot of work there I, i don't know uh but it would be their first like next gen game that i'm aware of that if it's just starting now like it's should be ground up next gen right so yeah i don't know i look forward to and i just think the biggest thing to take away is like we're going to get more than three star wars games in eight years because mm-hmm. that's you know ea's eight years into their 10-year agreement and yeah what did they give us battlefront one two and fallen order and even fallen order i'm still under the belief that that was something given to them they didn't have a lot of time to work on it, so they rushed a few things, and you can kind of tell in that game. But holy crap, for the little amount of time they they had, I think they, you know, did. It's really impressive for how little time I think they had to make that game. Yeah, I think I have a little bit more faith in the Ubisoft than maybe you guys do. Maybe not, but I I think they tend to do. They're they make above average games. You're not going to get like a, a 10 out of 10, a banger or anything like that. I don't think you're typically going to get something that's just not great or awful even. They're just, they hit that level above average games. <laughs> Debatably, like I would argue that Watch Dogs Legions is a below average game. That's probably one of their lower ones for sure. Yeah. Yes. So that's that. And we're going to go on to the last bit of Star Wars news that we got. Article number nine. This one's from Game Informer. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order Next Gen Optimization Update is now live. This is not a big one. Uh, I just thought it was a little interesting that it kind of shows you what's going on in the background. And I also kind of think this whole thing, and you guys can tell me if I'm wrong, is probably only because they're working on Fallen Order 2 right now. And I think they updated some of the assets. I think they updated the stuff for Next Gen. And then because of that, they're like, oh, we could probably easily patch some of these updates into the old one if you want. And then one of the bosses is like, yeah, let's do it. You know, more publicity to the company. Probably, too, yeah, I, I think you're probably right on that because it all, does also mention, too, that the PC version got an update as well. So yes. prob- it tells I, you they're already working on it. So I absolutely believe that, yeah. Um, so then if we, it, anyway, if we get into the details, the update means that the Xbox Series X, the frame rates get increased to 60 frames per second from 45, but that's it. Uh, Xbox Series X is getting performance mode. Frame rate has been increased to 60 frames per second. Dynamic resolution added in the range of 1080p to 1440p. This Xbox Series X will also have a normal mode or non-performance mode. This one has post-processing that has been increased to 4K and dynamic resolution in the range of 1512p to 2160p. 
which is a little different on the PlayStation 5. Me and Curtis had an interesting conversation about this one, and I asked him a lot of nerdy questions because I understand nothing. <laughs> and the PS5 is frame rates have been increased to 60 frames per second, up from the 45 frames per second it previously had. Post-processing increased to 1440p, and dynamic resolution has been disabled, and the game is rendering at 1200p, up from the 810 to 1080p it was previously had. Um, little weird. I think the conversation, I think the main one me and Curtis had is why the PS5 not have two options and why it seems so underpowered compared to the Xbox Series X normal mode. Is that what two teraflops difference between the consoles? That big a difference that the PS5 can't do 4K at 30 frames? It can't be. Like, I wouldn't doubt if someone with like, I don't know, like a slightly inferior card, like let's say a 2060 or something would be able to get, you know, what the normal mode had, right? Because when you're talking about you're only doing like 30 frames per second, I feel like a 260 would be able to reach what Xbox Series X normal mode has. But I guess in a sense, if you look at it, PS5 still technically has a pretty sweet deal compared to the performance mode for Xbox. Granted, they're not going up to 1440p, but having a locked resolution is better than a dynamic. And like, you're right in the sense that like, I feel like I didn't think it would be my decision. I always thought I was going to be a performance mode. Uh, sorry, not a performance mode, uh, fidelity mode over performance mode kind of guy. But the more I see 60 frames per second, I'm more being like, yeah, I kind of, I think I need 60 frames per second now. Uh, specifically certain games too, uh, more than others, but yeah, so then in this case, I, I probably would go with the 60 frame per second mode anyway. Especially, well, yeah, it's game dependent with the parrying in this. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, the very Dark Souls-esque style it went for, right? Yeah. Especially that first toad you see. What a oh. happy man. God, I have nightmares. <laughs> Playing that on Jedi Grandmaster, trying to beat that thing. Get my... Shit oh my gosh, even in. trying to beat that thing on normal, that thing would push your shit in two hits. And I wasn't bad at the game. Chris, did you have any thoughts? Did you even play this game? Uh, I played it uh, briefly on PC. I think I had one of the Origin subscriptions at the time. So I, I, my subscription ran out before I got into the meat of the game, but I got through a couple areas. I know the Toad that you guys are talking about. I think I gave up on it. Um, it was going to come back later at some point. I liked it. It felt like a Dark Souls-esque like game, um, but Star Wars. So yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I think it had a lot of highs and lows. It had some pacing, some pacing issues. Um, the combat was fine. I just, it fell at odds with itself trying to be Dark Souls, but also trying to be like Tomb Raider meets Uncharted at the same time. I'm like, okay, are you a platformer traversals type game or are you Dark Souls? And then... Uh, you know why I didn't have fast travel like again i get you're trying to kind of be dark souls but fast travel would have been nice no. uh, i hope they make some changes that's still not even the biggest problem biggest problem is you have a lightsaber you should be able to one hit everything yeah yeah you're right you're absolutely right there should have been uh, a different I weapon system that. there should be either give you a blaster or give you a staff or something but to give you a lightsaber and not be able to just cut things in half I'm sorry, that's that's still the <laughs> biggest gripe that I have. Darn, I can't get and past it, this it, locked door. I need a key or I need to get power <laughs> yeah. to this door. You have a lightsaber, cut a hole. Nah, well, no, it right, won't do because it. It's, it's weird because you're right, like, 
even though I think it's Disney being like, well, we don't want that kind of violence or hyper violence, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, but your movies have people getting cut in half kind of frequently or definitely hands. There's never been a, a movie franchise that hates hands more than Star Wars. <laughs> like, you know, as far to make a family tree of people that just lose hands left and right. I mean, either that or just let me cut down the walls as I see fit because Vader does it all the time. He's cut well, through exactly. many doors. Yeah, I wish they would at least let you, like, you know, cut some hands or legs, something. But anyway, that's enough Star Wars news. I think we've hit all the Star Wars news that we need to hit. Uh, and guess what? That's the end of our articles, too. That means we finish everything in a not-so-timely manner that we love so much. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to move on to homework what is homework a holy crap amount of homework this week uh homework is when we get to the articles we didn't have time for so we just give you the links the information and the reasons you should go educate yourselves uh with these so we're going to start and i'll let chris take it from the first one okay so yeah we're going to try to rapid fire these ones uh we got an article from ign saying Killzone's website has been retired this does not affect online multiplayer Looks like the website's been taken down. Uh, the only downside I can see, other than if you're a fan of the website, I guess, uh, is n uh, now no longer possible to create or manage clans in Killzone Shadowfall. That sounds like the major thing that was, I guess, lost by those fans, or by the website being taken down. Well, so. And I'm probably, uh, you know, looking further into this than I need to, but I honestly wouldn't doubt if this means... Not a great chance that we're getting another Killzone game anytime soon. Next article comes from Destructoid. It's kind of a nice story of Ghost of Tsushima fans coming together to help fund repair of the Watatsumi Shrine Gate. Uh, looks like uh, a whole bunch of people donated to get the gate fixed because I guess there was damages done. Uh, I don't know if, if you scroll down, there's pictures there. I don't know if those are like before or after. I'm guessing those are after shots. It looks really nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. I want to go there. We got to go there. One day, my friend. One, one day. One day, my friend. Uh, the next article comes from Destructoid. Uh, Persona 5 Strikers gets set to launch an all-out attack on February 23rd. Not much more Yay. to say about that, but uh, I'm starting to look forward to it more and more. I'm just looking forward to continuation of the story we love so much. Uh, from a Game Informer, Resident Evil Village gameplay and more Resident Evil news coming next week. Uh, looks like there's going to be a showcase on January 21st that's going to give us a little bit of gameplay footage, a little bit of some teaser trailer stuff, a couple other things. Um, should be interesting as we're all Resident Evil fans. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm interested in the and more kind of section of this article. Um, I hope there's more news i'm not super into like what i've seen of resident evil 8 though we haven't seen much uh so anything more i think is typically where i'm at hopefully it's not just to be like oh and here's a trailer of the netflix show <laughs> you know uh another article from destructoid the remastered mass effect trilogy might be out in march uh it looks like uh retailers in singapore and indonesia have listed the release of the game for march 12th not sure if that will reflect for us in North America, but uh, here's hoping. I'm excited for that one. It'd probably be a good window launch. I, I don't hear too many things coming out in March right now. Mm -hmm. And last but not least, we have another article from Game Informer. 
Uh, this one's on the movie side of things. Mortal Kombat movie debuts first images and new story details. Uh, Steve, did you want to mention anything about that? You know more about the Mortal Kombat world? I just, you know, yay. We This is the first time we've seen anything from this movie. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. The picture just seems to be uh, Liu Kang with Kung Lao. Uh, any information? I'm just looking forward to a trailer. Now that we actually know that it's supposedly coming out this year. Day one streaming, April 16th. Uh, I just can't wait to get more Mortal Kombat. That's it for homework. Yay, we finished homework in the not-so-timely fashion. So that is it for the show. That is it for this week. And until next Monday, we will talk to you again. Have a good one, guys. Bye. Bye. Okay, Google. When is Hitman 3 released? She seriously just ignored me. She just went away. That's cool. That's cool. I'm getting ghosted by my own f***ing phone. That's cool. This one comes from Game Informer. <clears throat> Game Informer. Game in twice. <laughs> Ford. No, no. The second time I did it as a joke. Oh, okay. Like, I just say Informer? <laughs> like, sure, sure, sure. Informer? <laughs> it's like, it's Fez. Hello. <laughs> you son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. Uh, son of a bitch. bitch. No one can say it as well as he can, right? Like, it's crazy. Was Crisis Core the one where it was like you would get like a huge list of missions and you would just teleport to maps and do like mini fights and stuff. Is that, is that, was that crisis core? I played, I think I played that one. Let's put it this way. Did you have a PSP? Yeah, I did. Yes. Then probably. Okay. <laughs> Damn boys like wizarding wands, don't they? We got him. Love you. Love you. Ronald Weasley. Stop it's it, love your soul. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh, this is how we make recording longer. Oh, <laughs> no, these are going into the bloopers. Oh, oh, oh blooper. What are bloopers? Stop it, Steve. Stop. <laughs> Let's accelerate until one of us gets a power outage and we lose everything. And what did you? It was it a UPS? Yeah, you know, uninterruptible yeah. power supply. Oh, I thought he, you just wanted to kidnap, like, a delivery man. I was like, that's f***ed up, man. Again, I always seem to watch the one that nobody likes, but, like, I think I watched the Crystal Skull one. Oh, that's the, be the best one, I think. <laughs> it's unanimous. <laughs> rave reviews. What are you talking I about? I heard Shia LaBeouf was the epitome of what acting was. <laughs> oh, so, he was apparently you know. such a great actor to, to work with. I heard Harrison Ford just loved him. Wow. I'm sure Harrison Ford's just a bundle of smiles, too. <laughs> <laughs> he just looks like a guy who smiles all the time. And especially with the lightsaber, you can make it pretty PG because, you know, it it solderizes. Cauterizes. 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 It sodomizes. That's a special lightsaber, Chris. That's in Mummy's No-No drawer. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you go near that no no joy. Uh. <laughs>